Hi, good afternoon. This is Tracy with Anchor.fm talking to you about everything entrepreneurial. Anything to do with being an entrepreneur, I could talk till the cows come home because it's in my DNA, it is in my everyday life, and I just love it. So, let's talk about being an entrepreneur. And one of the best tools that I have is keeping my skills sharp. And by that, I mean keeping in practice. I joined Toastmasters many years ago to become a public speaker. It was a real, I mean, a real fear of mine. I would, uh, there's, I, I won't go on about it, but if you can relate to being a public speaker or the thought of standing in front of a large audience of people, maybe it's a wedding that you have to do, maybe it's just a small business uh, presentation that you're going to make and you're fearing it, then that is the answer, is to go to Toastmasters because they will support you through the process. However painful, however long it takes, they will be your support group. It is the most inexpensive way I know of to learn the skill of becoming a public speaker. What I did not expect and what I got out of it, the bonuses I got out of it were lifelong friendships meeting people I never thought I would ever meet or ever get access to meeting, absolutely. Personal growth in the area of communications, which affected my entire life from personal relationships with family members to communicating with my animals. It improved understanding how people communicate is something that was a, a huge bonus on top of that. So I I would say that when I joined it, I had pretty good expectations in that I wanted to feel comfortable getting in front of an audience. And that took me, you know, I say two years, but now that I'm looking back, it was really more like five years before I felt really comfortable. And after five years, I was okay. I was like literally okay, like getting in front of the cameras or lights or people it was actually the water felt warm you know when you get into a pool it either feels really cold or really hot or warm that beautiful warm water it yeah it took me five years before I got on stage in front of the podium and that's how you can tell by the way as a speaker if you're wondering what I'm talking about they teach you to speak behind a podium for a reason because you have something to stand by, behind you have something to guard you, to protect you. That's why you see a lot of the political talks where they have a podium, you know, even in church, for example. The minister, the person, the head dude guy, the guy, whoever guy, woman, person, whoever's speaking in a church, they stand behind a podium. It's, it, it's a very uh, common technique to have that. And it literally is there for you to lean on, for you to look at your notes. It's when you get really good and comfortable that you come around you start to come around that podium and then eventually in front of it and then eventually you don't need it as part of the training so by learning some of these skills you're learning in the process of learning the skill but at year five when i was finally comfortable enough to be feeling like i'm in warm water which is a good comfy place to be when I'm standing in front of people delivering a talk and feeling like I didn't need all of the things that I had used up until then for crutches like a podium 
uh, like spotters. We used to have, I used to always have spotters in the audience. Spotters are basically friends that you purposefully put in the audience that are your friends that look at you and that keep you engaged and that you can look at when you get nervous. And they're usually your friends, right? And so you purposefully put your spotters in the audience to help you with feeling comfortable, feeling okay, and all that good stuff. And now I don't have to have spotters because everybody in the audience feels like a spotter to me, meaning they all feel like they're engaged, they're interested, they're there for the right reason. They want me to succeed. If I asked anyone in the audience, oh my gosh, I need I need a glass of water. I, I can almost definitely know and feel that every person would put their hand up and say, I'll help you. That's a beautiful place to be. But year five, and the reason I'm doing this talk is because I continuously talk about Toastmasters and how great it is, but I I sometimes fail to mention that it is an inordinate amount of work. And the other thing that I wanted to say is, yes, it's a lot of work, but it is so well worth it because not only do you get whatever it is you went in, to be comfortable, to be comfortable, to get a become a paid speaker, which was one of my goals, and I, you know, I set out to do it in two years. Really took five, been a member for 20 years now. As I learned at probably the year 10 mark, when I thought I learned and climbed the ladders of all of the levels that you're supposed, you know, that you can uh, aspire to. You know, there's different levels that you can. Then you can become an officer of the clubs, and then I became an officer, and then I became a um, vice president of this and that and I say this and that because there's like all kinds of positions you can take you can volunteer for and uh, and then eventually a ju judge and then eventually an area manager and then eventually an ambassador and um, a global uh, spokesperson which I've been in and out of all of those roles I'll always be uh, a Toastmasters um, supporter whichever way you want to look at it and support people but the one thing I failed to mention and I say fail to mention because it's really an important part of the process of Toastmasters and that is to, to is practice. Is that that old saying when you don't use it, you lose it. So throughout my career I've gone in and out of hiatuses, meaning I've gone off the grid, you know, for anywhere from six months to two years purposefully, you know, needed a break. Uh, travel. I traveled a lot and, uh, you know, life happens and sometimes you need a break and you'll go in and out of, um, at least I have anyway. I've never stayed, you know, engaged professionally 365 days of the year. That, that I couldn't do. Um, however, I have noticed that over the years that certain skills uh, if you don't use them, you lose them. So when people ask me, why do you continue to volunteer for Big Sisters, Big Brothers? Well, yes, half of it is, half the reason is because I want to give back to the next generation. I want to influence the next next generation. I want to pay it forward. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I, so many reasons why, because, but Obviously, I relied on a lot of people ahead of me when I was growing up through the career ladder. And I asked a lot of people that were you know, ahead of me for help and I never got a no. I always got help. And, but everyone that helped me in some way along the way, they said, you don't have to pay me. 
but I but I'll ask you to pay it forward. So it's kind of an unwritten, not rule, but it's a kind of unwritten understanding that when you're receiving help from somebody, that to honor that person, to thank that person, if you can't pay that person, or just to show your respect, is to pay it forward. And so when I pay it forward to audiences, especially when I see smiling eyes in the audiences, I see the people that are eager, that need the advice, you know, the generations below me, you know, or, or, or that are up and coming, let's say. And then I also see the people that are, you know, that have come before me, and they're also equally smiling. So that is amazing to me and so gratifying. So the other 50% is my own personal reasons. Is, is to stay in practice, is to reinvigorate my spirit and soul and regenerate the battery, you know, because um, along the way life happens and we get discouraged and we get, you know, we hear news and news can be, you know, completely uh, rob you of your joy if you listen to it long enough and you don't have to go very far to hear bad news and these things all affect us and so I feel like I need to continue uh, not me but I want to continue to fill the the, uh, the the pot of or the bucket of motivational motivation and joyfulness and just that's where I get it other people get it other ways I get it through seeing smiling eyes I get it from my little sister saying, I broke through this challenge because of what you said in a speech long ago. Or I, I am no longer suffering because I read uh, a quote that you, you, you shared with the audience or that you just shared online or whatever. I hear that almost every day and honestly, it makes me get out of bed. So if something makes you get out of bed and think about this because I'll leave you this with this last final thought. When you wake up in the morning, what are you thinking? Pay attention to that. And refrain from getting up right away. Like getting up, oh, I got to go put the garbage out or, oh, I got to get up and do something. And spend 10 minutes the next morning that you can think about and remember what I'm suggesting here. Spend 10 minutes before you get out of bed and ask yourself, are you living a fulfilled life? Are you living to your full potential? Are you excited? Are you happy? Are you joyful? And if not, at 100%, what can I do differently today? Just ever so slightly, tweak something in the smallest way, make a phone call. Um, you know, do something that's different today than I did yesterday to feel a little bit better today than I did yesterday. What's that one thing I can do? For me, my answer is puppies. I mean, I can't, I've never met a puppy that has not fulfilled me in a joyful state of bliss and absolute joyfulness. Puppies just do that. I've never met one that hasn't. So when all else fails, what's your go-to? Mine are puppies. You must have a go-to. Maybe you haven't thought about it in a while. Maybe you haven't needed it in a while. But what is your go-to to make you feel fulfilled and joyful? sunshine, fresh air, a walk on the beach, a puppy. What is that? And that would be something to identify. What is, how does it make you feel? And what if you had that feeling, even if just for 60 seconds, every day for the rest of your life, how could and how would that change your experience?
because it's there. You simply need to figure out what that is, put a name on it, and tell others. Until next time, this is Tracy with Anchor.fm. Sorry I'm over time at 12 minutes, but I think it was worth it. Thanks for listening. Love your feedback. Keep getting back to me. Tell me what you want to hear. I keep continue to do Anchor uh, as a free public service. And if you are still looking for more inspiration or ideas, send them my way. I'm always listening. This is Tracy Parnell with Anchor.fm.